Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth justice and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, the show's about Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Watch the Buzz. I'm your host, Mad Dog DeCipio. Joined as I am each and every week by the Pitbull, Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman. How are you, kid? What's happening? Doing good. How are you? Staying out of trouble? Uh, not this week. <laughs> no, I was going to say that's not what your husband said. <laughs> yeah. We have a really interesting show and a very, very special guest, a friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, uh, joining us. She has experienced both in front of and behind the camera, and tonight I'm sticking her little hiney in front of the camera. Karen Rayner joins us, and she is a... Uh, a business entrepreneur uh, says so right there, Karen. So I have to tell them that you're a business entrepreneur. <laughs> How are you, kid? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm <laughs> wonderful. Um, it's I have to tell people. We were just talking about this off camera. I've known Karen for almost damn near 15 years, and this is the first time we've ever seen each other face to face. Is that <laughs> not remarkable? No, that's just weird. It is weird. It's (laughs) frightening. It really is. It's frightening. So we are brought to you by Wrestling with the Future Radio Network. This is the What's the Buzz podcast. Yes, you heard me right. It's not a podcast. It's a podcast. And tonight we are continuing in our endeavor to bring you some of the most unsolved mysteries in the country. In fact, around the world. Uh, we got a couple this week from Hollywood. The first is uh, this young man right here. His name is George Reeves. You know him best as Superman. He um, he actually died 1959, June of 1959, one month before my birthday. And uh, and I grew up watching his um, his reruns of Superman, as did most kids back in the early 60s. Um, uh, a very beloved actor. He had a lot of friends. He made a lot of goodwill with people. 
but for some reason or another, and Amelia, you and I and Karen are going to find the try to endeavor to find out who, what, and why, and uh, and and maybe get some answers as to who killed Superman. So let me start with you, Amelia. Yes. What is your take on the uh, the whole Superman angle? What do you think? What happened here? I think it was basically a love gone wrong. Could have been that and a jealous, maybe affair that he had. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And well, the affair is an understatement. <laughs> un unfortunately, it was uh, three days before he was supposed to get married. Yeah, well, he was a beloved figure, but he also yes. was a horn dog. So, <laughs> the, uh, so Karen, you're shaking your head. talking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is my first experience with you face to face here. So, you know, it's kind of I'm putting the face to the voice and I'm like, yeah, that's that's fucking Angelo right there. <laughs> <Yep>. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, here's what we know, Karen. They, they tell us that George Reeves was a very affable, beloved actor. He mm -hmm. had lots of friends. They also say that he had a ferocious sexual appetite. So um, let's talk about what may or may not have gotten him into trouble with certain um, higher ups in Hollywood. Uh, he certainly didn't uh, mince words about who he liked and who he didn't. Um, you got to respect the guy that's that honest. But perhaps showing up at a party with your boss's wife may not be such a great idea. You're going to see a picture of that tonight, too, by the way. Um, so what is, what is your take on Superman? Um, well, you know me a little bit and uh, honestly, I don't get a good feeling <laughs> that it's, uh, what they say it was, um, right. You know, I lived in Hollywood for 13 years and Holly weird and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If things don't go and, and it's, I don't know if it is, um, as prevalent as it was back then. But I mean, if you did not please the higher ups, then they just eliminated your ass. So, well, it, it hasn't changed much in all these years. <laughs> They're a bit more discreet about it now. Mm. Um, back in the day, they just cut your body in half and left you on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, wait, that's Thursday show. Here's what we know. Okay. So here's what we know about George Reeves. As Amelia pointed out early on, he was just days away from being married to Lenora Lemon. Now, Lenore, you have to understand about Lenora Lemon. She had a ferocious appetite for finance, particularly George Reeves' finance. Um, she hit the mother load when she met him. He was making... Uh, up to $10,000 a week doing super. And we're talking about 1957, 58, 59. Okay, so Superman was only on the air. People need to understand this. Superman was only on the air for just under three years. Uh -huh. So, And people don't get that because hmm. it's such a beloved part of Americana and George Reeves, you know, embodied Superman. He he also, interestingly enough, that may have had a, a part in his untimely and early demise. It is said um, that 
he loathed that role so much that he was willing to do just about anything to shed the red and blue cape at any given moment. Uh, and he endeavored to try to coax his boss, Eddie Mannix, to do that. Perhaps he went about it the wrong way because he tried to coerce Mrs. Eddie Mannix into telling her husband. Uh, well, she told her husband, but she didn't tell him George Reeves wants another gig. She told him, hey, I'm having an affair with Superman. Um <laughs> Not a real smart thing, Amelia. Karen, no. what do you think? <laughs> it just like to be, and and the house that he died in is actually the one that she bought him, as well. Well, you're, yeah, that. you're going to see that house mm -hmm. in a minute, actually. Um, so, Karen, you're the newbie here. Let's. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Talk to me, kid. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm good like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it sounds to me like uh, she kind of used him uh, a little bit. Um, he was getting married to another another woman, huh? He sure was. Let's take a look at this. This is yeah, one of the see. things that we love to do here, Karen, because you're a newbie. We gotta, we're going to break you in good. Okay. Is it time for that yet? My favorite. We're, I I promised I was going to be gentle, but we're going to break cherry on Karen tonight. So here's here is what we got. I want to show everybody. This is something we call show and tell. Yay! I now, it. The whole thing was, and all of this Superman started with you. You see it in front of you, BuzzFeed. There's a website called BuzzFeed that did a an expose, and when they did. The floodgates of info opened, and we know more now about George Reeves than we ever have as an actor. Or yes. okay, you're you're going to see several pictures, a lot of pictures, in fact, of him in various degrees of Superman costume, from different color costumes to black and white to Technicolor. These were all publicity stills used at the time to market Superman. You know, he had that smile that everybody liked. He was an, uh, apparently a very likable guy. His castmates liked him. The kids loved him. Oh, absolutely loved him. There's a story I'm going to tell you after this show and tell. I want you to take a look at this. I want to stop that picture there for a minute. You're looking at George Reeves at 45 years old. He is completely white yep. at 45. Okay, just to give you an idea that, and he died this that the year this photo was taken. In fact, he died not too long after this picture was taken. But you're looking at a guy that was 45 years old in that, and now you're looking at a guy that was 25. Here he's about 40. Mm -hmm. These are some early acting shots he had done back in the day. Um, trivia question. Did you know that he was in Gone with the Wind? Yes. He was. He certainly was. I want you to see this photo again. I'm going to keep it there for just a second. This is Mama Reeves. This is his mother. His mother was one of the very first people 
to to call foul on this. She knew something wasn't right. She said somebody killed my son, and I want to find out who. She died before she ever could. Um, you see her there on the set, the Superman set. Um, probably the most famous uh, picture of of George Reeves. That dog would be very important. That was his beloved dog. Sam. Again, there you see him at 45, mm -hmm. completely white. We're going to see some people now, really important people, and I want you to take a look at this photo again because you're going to see some pictures. That's the house, okay? I want people to understand something. It's important what you're looking at, those two windows above the garage. You can't, and I don't know if how much of it you can see, but in the rest of that picture is the rest of the A-frame of the roof of that house. The room above the garage was his bedroom. Those two windows were literally George Reeves' bedroom. And party guests downstairs were cavorting so loudly they almost didn't hear the gunshot. Okay? But when they heard that shot, and by the way, they didn't stop talking either. Um, they only slightly muffled down as Lenora Lemons uttered the words, oh, look, I told you he was going to kill himself. Why would she say that if she didn't already know it was coming? That was the first thing. The second thing about those two windows, he was either pushed from or thrown out those windows either just before or just after he was shot. We don't know if he was shot going out the window or whether he was shot in the room and pushed out the window or whether he tried to jump out the window. Either way, they found bullet holes outside, inside, and multiple bullet, bullet holes inside. They claim, however, this is the problem. They claim that George Reeves committed suicide. This is a very interesting guy. We're going to keep here for just a second. Again, I'm going to go back. <clears throat> here he is. Um, how do you commit suicide in the back of the head twice? <laughs> There's no how do you do that? Can somebody tell me how to do that? I guess he didn't do it right the first time. He had to do it again. No. They found five bullet holes in the bedroom. They found two holes in his head. They found bullet holes outside uh, on a, um, I guess you want to call it like a trash can caddy yes. that was made of like, of like a fence, like a wooden fence, um, at which they recovered. This guy, his name was William Bliss, Bill Bliss. He claims to be the first witness to see George Reeves' body outside. Karen, in a case like this, guy comes to your door and says, there's a body in your driveway. What's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> What's the first thing you're going to do? Call the cops. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, see if the guy is alive or call the cops. I mean, yeah, you know, not, not, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Amelia, 
What happened? Well, what happened was, first of all, his uh, fiance said, tell, uh, tell, him, tell, tell him I was downstairs. Tell him I was downstairs, first of all. Yeah. She came that. And he, then, they, said, they said to him, come on in. Yeah. Come, come on, on in. in. Come on in. <laughs> tell him I was downstairs. Tell him I was downstairs. You can't. Yeah. I swear to you. Uh-huh. You can't make this shit no. up. I tell it, people every week. Every, yeah. Karen. One of the mm-hmm. things I love to tell people every week if is he cannot you make, can't this, make shit this shit up. <laughs> That's what he says every time. Because yeah. it's too fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's just too bizarre. And then they said that they found his body on top of the bed, naked. That was another story. So they yeah. couldn't keep their story straight. No. And the no. bullet was underneath him. So how can you commit suicide with the bullet underneath your body? So all right. Now you're looking situation. at a couple of this picture. This is the only photo from inside the house that night. Yes. The gentleman on the couch and the woman with him. They are, the, the gentleman, as you see, is, uh, doesn't look too terribly pleased to be there at this moment. Um, his name is Eddie Mannix. The woman with him is not Mrs. Eddie Mannix. Okay. You're going to see Mrs. Eddie Mannix in a moment. Uh, he is a studio head. Okay. A, a studio head for Paramount Pictures at the time. Interestingly, again, interestingly enough, he's there at the invitation of Lenora, not George. George finished filming that day. He was tired and he wanted to go to bed. So what does his wife to be do? What she does is she has a party. Yes. <laughs> she has a party. Mm-hmm. This is, um, of course, George Reeves' uh, post-mortem after he passed. Um, he looks very clean there. You're going to see another picture of George. By the way, Gene LaBelle, this professional wrestler, Gene LaBelle, was the dear friend of George, and they were at a wrestling match. The night he died. Um, Gene LaBelle was also at the house. As one of the invited guests. You're going to see. Okay. This was. This photo ended up being. Here we go. This photo ended up being one of the very last photos ever of George Reeves. If you can look at his. um, His face on the left hand picture. Tell me, Karen, what do you notice about that photo? I'm looking at there seems to be marks on his forehead and his cheek. There there are, for sure. The mark you see on his forehead is a bullet hole. It is an interesting bullet hole because it is an entrance wound, not an exit wound. If you assume that the individual was shot in the back of the head, the exit wound would be huge, such as the kind that took off John F. Kennedy's head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you can see a hole. There is literally a bullet hole you're looking at on on his forehead. But it's it goes in, not out. So he was not shot from the back, according to that photo. He was shot from the front. So he saw who shot him. 
Um, mm. And the picture on the right, of course, once again, is post-mortem picture of George Reeves uh, in his casket. This was uh, a commercial. Oh, by the way, just for historical reference, take a look. On the bottom of that aerial map, you see what says Charles Manson's home. Okay? The Manson murders. Right. George Reeves' home is in the center of that photo. The East Hills Drive where Bill Bliss lives was up top. Okay? No one before or since has ever seen, contacted, had contact with, or knew Bill Bliss. I think Bill Bliss was a pseudonym for someone else. I don't think the man's name was ever Bill Bliss. I still don't. Um, I think that he was part of a, and there you go. There is George and uh, his mother in the driveway. He had um, shown her this car he bought for her. It would end up being one of the last times he would see his mother. Uh, in fact, it would be the last time that he saw his mother. But that is the home. And we're going to take another look. That dog. I said that dog would be very important. There's George mm -hmm. with his beloved pooch. And that is Lenora Lemon mm -hmm. in that photo. This was taken one week prior to the murder. It's dated 1959 June. One week prior to the murder or and or suicide, however you want to look at this. That pooch ended up disappearing. Nobody knows what happened to that. Oh, here you go. There's Lenore. And there she is again. Uh, this was, she's holding, by the way, the mask from a creature from the Black Lagoon. She was in that film. She was a, just a B actress at the time. Okay. You're looking at Mr. and Mrs. Eddie Mannix back in the day. Pre-success, pre-Hollywood big shot. This is called Scandia's Restaurant. They say George Reeves had his last meal at Scandia Restaurant. But you would think if he had a meal and then died later that night, he'd have food in his stomach. Correct. He did not. His stomach was empty of any contents. Nothing. Bone dry, not even alcohol, which he drank very sparingly. These were the doctors at the coroner's inquest. That, my friends, is Tony Mannix. That's the boss's wife. Someone snapped him at, um, I believe it was called Ciro's, uh, in either uh, Hollywood or in the vicinity of Hollywood. Ciro's Italian restaurant. Uh, which is, The building is still there, but Ciro's is long out of business. Uh, so someone snapped that photo and it made the newspapers. Eddie Mannix was not a happy camper when he saw his wife on the front page with George Reeves. 
as you can well imagine. Um, we're going to talk about all this right now. And, oh, lest we say there's there she is again. Okay. And that's Lenora. That's Lenora. Okay. I got that's a question. I got I, a quick I, question for you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> when he was having the affair with Tony, was he simultaneously also dating Lenora? Or did Lenora, Bingo. was she brought Bingo. in? Yeah. Bingo. But, but, yep. back in those days, they also, a lot of stars, you know, especially the males or whatever, if mm -hmm. they were too young, they kept them single. If they were older and they wanted to, you know, make their um, image a little more wholesome, right? And oh, he was, wait, I got, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they'd, they'd marry them off, you know? Well, and, I, I'll tell you what, uh, interesting that you say that. I have something I want to share with you. I want to read a little bio of Eddie Mannix. Okay, Eddie Mannix, studio head Eddie Mannix. All right. Mm -hmm. Joseph Edgar Allen, real name, by the way, Joseph <laughs> Edgar Allen Mannix was an American film studio executive and producer. He is remembered for his work as a fixer, quote unquote fixer, who was paid to cover up Hollywood stars, often colorful private lives and to protect their public image and profitability for that studio hello there karen rayner exactly there you go yeah but also he was also had his little on the side as well it's different though because he's the boss he's allowed yeah yeah but, it doesn't matter it, i mean he had yeah. an image that was his wife mm -hmm. but yeah. but they do speculate yeah. and this is funny there was a couple of people mm -hmm. i believe they might have been co-stars or whatever mm -hmm. That attested to the fact that she had permission. Yes, to exactly. George Reeves. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they I, would take them with them to their little vacations. Yeah. yeah. I, call, well, I call bullshit on that because there's no way. <laughs> there's no way back then that they would even tolerate that. They don't. Yeah. They, I mean, come on. I mean, Lucy and Desi were in separate beds for God's sake. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. Again, William Bill Bliss. No one knows who he is or where he came from. We're going to take a look at the. the you've seen this before, but we're going to take a look again. Mm -hmm. I want you to. I'm showing you again for a very specific reason. I want you to to spot what you didn't the first time, which is right here. Hello. Television Superman ends life with pistol. Actor George Reeves had argued with guests. Not true. Fiance had premonition. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Actor George Reeves TV Superman fatally shot himself in the head early today with the German Luger pistol. Again, a screw up in a suicide, which police said was predicted by <laughs> the woman's intent the woman's intended fiance now <laughs> first of all again you have to remember as karen brought up a moment ago 
Look at the time period we're talking about. This is the 50s. Everything was God, America, apple pie, and, and wholesome television. You know? And what you saw on television was the way the actors and actresses were in real life. That's what America believed. They had to of be. Of course, it's all a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. None of it's true. And none of it ever was true and still isn't today. But what you're looking at is absolute propaganda by the L.A. Police Department to set up an alibi for the fiance, Lenore Lemon. This gentleman was also at the, at the an invited guest of the party. His name is Robert Condon. He was an actor and writer. Um, he says that he didn't hear a thing. He says he never heard anything. No shot, no nothing. This is George Reeves' mother. There's Tony Mannix. You're going to see. There's Tony Mannix again with George. And there's Lenore Lemon. Interesting to me, too, Karen and Amelia, that Lenora Lemon looks an awful lot like Tony Mannix, don't she? She sure does. I, I, I beg to differ. She looks like she sucked on a lemon. I mean, she looks miserable. In every <laughs> single She's not. Yeah, a... Well, you know, that's, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. That is a possibility. Um, so let's talk about this. We have some interesting stuff. Uh, in the documentary, Look Up in the Sky, the amazing story of Superman, Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen, he said that when... He first met George Reeves. He told him that he enjoyed his performances in the production of So Proudly We Hail. According to Larson, Reeves said that if Mark Sandrich had not died, he would not be there in this, quote, monkey suit. He loathed the the role of Superman and he disdained television. Yet he is forever and a day will always be known as Superman, TV's Superman, the things he despised. In June of 59, things started to look up for George. He had just renewed his contract. He was getting back to work as a director. He had agreed to do another season of Superman for double the salary. That's the only way to keep an unhappy actor happy, double the salary, in which he would also direct a few of the episodes. That's the deal he made. Who do you think he made the deal with, you guys? I would say Maddox. Absolutely. Eddie Maddox, his boss, his studio head. Absolutely. He was also engaged to Lenore Lemon, a New York showgirl. Lemon moved into his house. They would be married on June 18th. That day would never come because just days prior, George Reeves would be found dead in his room with a fatal gunshot wound to the head. It was brutal suicide by officials. Two bullet holes were subsequently found in his room, making the suicide angle highly unlikely. George Reeves' case was closed in record time. One day. They closed the case in one day, in 24 hours, and was never reopened, and even not to this very day was never reopened. It's never been investigated. It's ne- no one's ever called bullshit on it. 
and you're to believe they are they are uh, making you to believe that this was also neatly done that uh, that was just a suicide it was a lover's quarrel he was depressed on being you know uh, typecast as superman i don't know how typecast he was as superman he was doing other films he was you know he only had one season left he just re-upped for double the salary. Was it all a smokescreen, Amelia? Did I, Eddie Mannix set this up in motion? What do you think, Karen? There's there's so many variables here. <laughs> it's a case that can take you anywhere. It really, I, honestly, it really is. Honestly, I think... Uh, uh, and, and, you know, the, there's so much more I would have to explain for this, but it seemed to me like Tony Mannix was kind of like his keeper. Um, you know, uh, she bought his house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he signed up, you know, for another season. He said to other people he didn't want to, you know, do it. And here comes Lenora mm -hmm. Lemon. Lenora Lemon also, she was not a saint. I mean, oh, God, she, no. was, uh, she, <laughs> she was something else. In, in her day and the circles that she went around, you know? Um, yeah. If you look at the last, some of the last pictures of him, yes. I mean, he looks absolutely hollow. That's the best yes. way that I can describe in his eyes. Yes. Uh, he looks like... Uh, he looks like a like, dead man walking. Like okay. a browbeaten husband 50 times over. I mean, yeah. it, it, he was just completely controlled. You know? He looks like a dead man walking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lifeless. Yeah. He was mm -hmm. completely lifeless. But the, in spite of that, and I wholeheartedly agree with you, but in spite of that, witnesses have come forward who have no connection to each other saying that he was in just the greatest mood that day, the day he died. He may have Amelia. been. Yeah. Tell everybody yeah. about that. Yeah, he said he uh, was real happy because Kellogg's was going to pick up another season and he was going to be able to direct more. And mm -hmm. uh, he was about to get married, even though she was a drunk <laughs> all the time. But he was happy mm -hmm. and he was living his life again. And, uh, you know, he was just going to want his honeymoon and come back and be able to direct and after this, he was done, but he loved that he was going to be spending more time with children and doing more uh, stuff with children in hospitals yeah. because he loved being around children. And he was oh, going to yeah. be able to go sing to them because he loved singing. I found out he loved mm -hmm. playing his guitar and he loved singing in Spanish and different languages to children because he loved doing a lot Absolutely. of stuff with children foundation. He also had uh, an album in the works. You mentioned yes. the guitar. He had an yes. album in the works. That few people realized that he could actually sing, and, oh, and believe it, it or not, there are recordings of George Reeves singing, and he's mm -hmm. got a great voice. And he wanted to be um, more in more westerns, actually. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, two of his friends, uh, in fact, he was doing a film with both, were Gig Young and um, Alan Ladd. Yes, both are known as western actors. Uh, George was in a film with them where he had to grow a beard, and the film was released. Uh, it was released in 1959. He would not live to see it, though. No. Um, his, his final work, he would never live to see it. Um, he did the work and, uh, and moved on. So, um, Karen, 
talk to me about the, the this inquisitive mind you got. What what are you going with this now? Oh, by the way, just so you know, and before I go to Karen again, just so you know, Tony Mannix was repeatedly referred to in the BuzzFeed piece as the handler. Oh yeah, that's she funny. Was call, she was called the handler. I'm. That's what I said. Is she's a yeah. handler because <laughs> you know, she she basically, you know, it was kind of like being a buffer between you know the executive and whatever, and you know she yeah. used her femininity to kind of keep him in line. But I mean, she bought sure. his house. She, you know, she pretty much controlled everything. That's why I'm trying to figure out how the hell did Lenore get in here. Um, well, and I think she was pulled in, honestly, to create a distance between George and Tony. I believe Lenore Lemon was, uh, I think she was a pawn in this, a willing pawn. Mm -hmm. I believe she was bought and paid for. Yes. By Eddie Mannix. I believe that she and Tony Mannix knew each other well. I believe that this purported jealousy between the two was nothing more than two actresses acting. That's what I believe. Um, I know a lot of people, and we've had them on the show. Uh, Amelia, you know. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of actors, a lot of actresses, a lot of Hollywood people on the show. And one thing that's very difficult is to get an actor or an actress out of character to Absolutely. get them to be themselves. It's like when we were doing professional wrestling. If you can get a wrestler to stop being a wrestler, you may actually have a great conversation with someone. Exactly. And that's hard to do sometimes because you yeah. don't know if you're talking to the actual person or the actual wrestler. Well, or and, wrestler. and Karen knows that for, for, you know, for gospel, Karen, not, like I said, worked in not only in front of, but behind the camera in the film business. Now she's seen a lot of different kinds of people and personalities <laughs> and a lot of, yeah, I know. And we both know who we're talking about too. A lot yes. of different people. Yes. And so here's the thing though. Here's the thing. They had to be fairly convincing at what they did to be able to, to really to snow job. And I'm going to make a Elvis reference in a minute um, to snow George in the believing that all these things were happening around him. I bring the Elvis reference in, in the term snow job, Colonel Parker. Elvis's uh, famous manager belonged to an organization. It was, I swear to God, it was a real organization called the Snowmen of America. These were guys, they're all carnival barkers, TV producers, Hollywood hotshots. They belong to this club called the Snowmen of America. You've heard it, the snow job, you know? This guy's laying a snow job on you. That's what we're talking about. And I think George Reeves was the victim of a snow job. And I think that Eddie Mannix couldn't handle the fact that his wife was seen cavorting around in public with a guy that was clearly and obviously very popular among the general masses, especially with kids and younger adults. 
but a guy who had a promising career. He was going to make sure that he shut that career down before it ever got started again. That's my take on it. You, you did state before that he, he did not like his role, right? He did not like his role. No, and, he didn't like being typecast as Superman. Right. You know, he didn't like that role. But he loved being an actor. Sure. But, you know, back in those days, too, I mean, they had people under contract. They put you in the movie that they wanted to put you in. Mm -hmm. And that was that. And if Absolutely. you made made any, you know, you squawked about it, <laughs> you were out and you had yeah. no contract. But yeah. you see, with Superman, Superman was... Uh, I mean, that was a the total family package, the family show, you know, and people thinking that he committed, you know, or somebody murdered him or something like that. They had to put so many different pawns to keep people off the trail because people they're yeah. going to ask about. It. I mean, and I hate to bring it up, but that's like Marilyn and the and the president's brother. I mean, absolutely, they had to place a lot of. You know, yeah. I wanted to say cock block, but roadblocks, you know, mm -hmm. in between yeah. uh, getting to the truth. Oh, no, cock block would be an appropriate yeah. terminology. Exactly what I was gonna say. It would absolutely, it mm -hmm. would absolutely be appropriate terminology. You know, well, I mean, uh, I honestly think uh, that Tony was put there to handle him. Absolutely. Handle him keep him, yeah. keep him where he needed to be. Yeah. And that, and I, that's, that's, what I want thank you for saying that because that's what I wanted to keep him where he needed to be put him in his place yes. and keep him there let right. him know who the boss is and what his place in that in that scheme of things was you're now the maybe. actor yeah right. now maybe actor. I pay you I'm the boss and you don't fuck the boss's wife yeah I I don't think that was even a problem I'm going to be honest. So I don't think that was a problem, but I think maybe George had started having a problem with Tony, and then here comes Lenore. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. To just keep him locked down. It plays out that way too, Karen. Yes. It plays out that way very, very succinctly because mm -hmm. what happens, the chain of events leads from Tony to jilting the George, George finds this, this, you know, benevolent soul, Lenore, right? <laughs> Lenore finds a Lenore and, oh, and he's in love now. He's smitten, mm -hmm. but he can't quite forget Tony, right? No, because she owns the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she owns him exactly. in the house. Yes. Now, Think about something. What Karen just said, Amelia. Mm -hmm. Tony Mannix owns the house. Yes. Are you going to tell me? Are you going to sit there and tell me if you're George Reeves, you're just going to let this woman move in? He didn't ask. He got no permission from anyone. She didn't ask anybody. She got her shit and she moved the fuck in. Yeah, exactly. and you really can't, and and that's something else. You don't do that back in those days. No, you just no. don't. You don't cohabitate. You don't do any of that. So that's what's True. a little little funky, you know. Well, that's the well, the American um, morality of the day. You know, everything was uh, above board. You know, everything was 
uh, you know, uh, it was all PG. Yes. Right. You know, in fact, you know, a, a hard G, a lot, a lot of it was just a hard G. Um, but the problem is twofold in this regard. You have a society saying one thing, mm-hmm. and then you have an entire community, Hollywood, doing another. So while America was watching all their favorite stars on television and in the movies back in the 40s and 50s, their favorite stars were cavorting about screwing each other, fucking monkeys, hanging from the chandelier. They were doing all this shit. But that's human nature. And that's why they got managers and handlers and all of those people. I mean, that shit still goes down. That stuff still goes down. Oh, but they, they have to spin it, you know, unless TMZ gets there first. <laughs> exactly, with their cameras and reporters. <laughs> there you go. Amelia, you know? you, what, what's your take on this, Amelia? Well, yeah, I mean, they they had a lot to hide, especially whenever the police got there. There was no prints on the gun and all that. They had to hide all that because they didn't want the real person to get caught of who did that, especially if it was me. Well, you brought up an interesting point. There's something that we talked about you and I, uh, the other day when we were prepping for the show, Mm -hmm. the police in this case. Yes. Now I'm not going to, to shit on the entire LA police department. They have good people. Uh, in fact, I say again, Karen. Oh, this is Canyon. This is Beverly Hills. Man, I own them. (laughs) They're, they're not going to do a damn thing unless somebody is, you know, taking a whiz on their yard. They're they're not going to do that. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a different type. When you've got celebrity involved, as Karen just alluded to, when you've got celebrity involved, it's a whole different class of police activity. Oh, yes. Uh, Have you ever seen a film? And Karen, you may you may have seen this. It's a film called SOB. Have you ever seen it? Amelia, have you ever seen a film called SOB? No, I have not. It's called Standard Operational Bullshit, SOB. It's a Blake (laughs) Edwards film. It's a film about the film business and how the police can be easily coerced to join in the party, get laid, get drunk, and forget forget what they came out for. And that's essentially what happens in much of the movie. You have these police officers, they come in, they're not in the house five minutes there to investigate, and they've got their ties off, their jackets are off, their pants are down their knees, you know? You know. They're getting, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're met by, you know, they're met by, you know, copulation and blowjobs, you know? Hollywood, Hollywood, I mean, look at uh, Charlie Chaplin. Look at Charlie yeah. Chaplin, even Lucy and Desi Ball. Okay. Yeah. They were called communists when they spoke out, when they wanted to do different things. And that was to put them back in their place, you Absolutely. know, because it was going to take away their whole, I mean, they'll pull the rug right out under you. I mean, if you look right. at, um, look at the amount of stars these days, right? You can see them with their DUIs. You can see them with, uh, you know, their drug addictions and all of these different things. And right, I lived, I lived in Hollywood, most miserable sacks of shit I've ever met in my life with millions of dollars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
She ain't lying, Amelia. I'm not lying. I know her story. Trust me. She ain't lying. You know, and uh, a lot of them, yeah, they're they're into the deviant stuff and they're into the drugs and the alcohol and, and all of that stuff. But, you know, if you stop cooperating with the powers that be, they're going to pull yeah. the rug out from under you. And that's when you start seeing the shit on TMZ. It's, yeah, it's still that way. You've got to play the game. You, you know, know, you brought something very important up. I'm very intriguing, too. Because my mind goes there. You mentioned TMZ. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this case had happened uh, in the TMZ generation, <laughs> would we be talking about it? No. And and, and I'm going to tell you, the, another thing that you brought up, too, was like talking about the fingerprints on the gun and stuff like that. The, mm-hmm. Aside from the possibility that the police were, you know, controlled or whatever or the scene was controlled they were paid by, off yeah oh, by the fixer okay yeah. back then their technology sucked they didn't have any technology they worked off of hunches and intuition mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah you know i i do as well you know that's <laughs> why when i look at those pictures i'm like oh god you know um i want i want to put this up here again because i want people to look at this mm-hmm. George Reeves' case was closed in record time one day and was never reopened, not even to this very day. No, nope. that, that's inconceivable in today's world. Inconceivable right. because there's a camera recording something everywhere. Every human being on the planet right now, virtually everyone, has one of these. It's a mini computer. It's called your phone. Mm-hmm. It's got a recorder. It's got a camera. It's got uh, motion detectors. It's got, you know, like fucking surveillance qu- equipment in it. You know, you can spy on others like your phone is spying on you, you know? Try saying that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yep. my point is like, the George Reeves case today, Karen's right. We would not be talking about it. No, we would it would not. be moot. It would be a moot point. No one would care. No one. No one would care. And um, well, the only ones that would care are the ones that need a new storyline because they don't have any more in Hollywood. There's no new original movies, so they go back to the old shit. Yeah. But, but it it. it Back then, I mean, when it, you had contracts, you had, I mean, Hollywood was very small, very exclusive, you know? Yeah, it was a community. And it was Everybody a very small everyone. community. And, yeah. you know, if, if you, even the, the people, the, the so-called witnesses, right? Uh, they were in, the, in with the studio. They can't go against anything, you know, that was, uh, that, that, is expected of them. Otherwise, they've got no jobs. They can't exactly. do anything. Yeah. Look at look at uh, one an interesting case that you might want to think about. This is how about Francis Farmer? That was yeah. a good one. You Absolutely. know, oh yeah. I mean, Francis was uh, you know she was uh, very outspoken, and she ended up lobotomized. Yeah. You know? True story, oh. an absolutely true case. We are. Um, I want to tell people we are covering the Marilyn uh, Marilyn Monroe uh, alleged suicide 
by mm-hmm. that's by barbiturates, so called. Right. Uh, and it's 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 funny how you can kill yourself with barbiturates and and not have any barbiturates in your stomach. In your stomach, exactly. Again, another empty stomach. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we're going to talk about that. We have uh, photos that have been released. Um, not going to tell you who let them out, but it shows John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe uh, taken from about. A, a flight up, uh, and it's down on them, um, taken in the White House. And it's an official White House photo. But it's not been seen for almost 55 years. Um, and for a very good reason. No one wanted you to see these. But there is a group of people, uh, patriots, who make sure that they have the legal wherewithal to get freedom of information requests acted upon. And they acted upon this and they got some info, some very substantial information. In fact, Um, we don't play around with certain things. I'm not going to get my hands dirty with government stuff because governments can make you disappear. But if something is factually based and there's information to corroborate it, I will get it and I will broadcast it. And I've been very open and honest about that. And I've said that before, but I'm not going to step on any governmental toes. I can assure you to do it because um, I ain't that stupid. You know, uh, pretty smart guy when it comes to stuff like that. Always make sure that we have our legal eyes dotted and T's crossed. Um, the Maryland case is going to be an interesting one. Uh, here's what I believe in, and I'm going to throw this out there to you, and we can have like a roundtable discussion. I believe that George Reeves was targeted. I believe that his unhappiness to satisfy his bosses, plural bosses, uh, I believe that that cost him his career, his happiness, his money, I believe it cost him eventually his life. Uh, I think that they don't like outspoken people in that realm, in that community. They didn't then and they don't today. Um, I know an industry within the film industry that's very cloistered, very small. Everybody knows everybody else. Kind of like the adult film business. Everybody knows everybody. And you got to watch whose toes you step on because you could get stepped on real fast and real hard. Um, I will tell you that I think he stepped on a couple of toes and in his cavalier attitude, didn't give a shit who he stepped on. He wanted his career where it was as a serious actor. He did not want to be looked at as a, uh, a one dimensional cartoon character and I think it cost him even though when he re-upped the contract even though we I believe it was a ploy to shut him up I really believe that um, I think Eddie Mannix orchestrated the entire thing to be quite frank with you I think he told George we're going to double your salary we're going to sign you for another year. After that year, you can do whatever you want. You can leave the studio. 
go to another studio, go to, you know, um, 20th Century Fox, you know, go to uh, uh, MGM, whatever, you know, big studio back in the day. And there were only a handful of studios. You had Paramount, uh, MGM, 20th Century Fox. Uh, other than that, you really didn't have a lot. They were the big three. In fact, they still are the big three. Um, but that's what I believe. If uh, you guys want to talk about that, let's talk. Sure. I I believe that. What, um, what are your thoughts on what I just said? Well, okay. I I believe that uh, that yeah he was murdered because uh, there was a, another attempt on his life before. He was in a car accident and uh, his brakes were cut. Yeah, they cut his brakes. Uh, couldn't stop the car and crashed into a, you know, uh, basically crashed into a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, barely escaping death. Yes. Um, had he not been in, because you know, he was a, a fairly big guy and in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. You know, I guess you had to be in shape to wear that costume. <laughs> right you had to be superman right <laughs> be superman. yeah right exactly so they uh he so, said yeah but they they someone did try to, to cut his brakes they did actually succeed in cutting his brakes yeah um it was attempt and of course he just walked away yeah. with just the cut on his forehead they said so mm-hmm. when that didn't work of course they tried this as well and of course this one succeeded it was so bad at one point for him and we we talked about the briefly that we mentioned professional wrestling mm-hmm. at one point and if you ever get to to uh, to see a film called hollywood confidential um there's a scene in there that ben affleck plays george reeves there's a scene in there and i actually found the real footage of george reeves practicing to become a professional wrestler you, I swear to you, this is for mm-hmm. real. There's an actual, like, reel on YouTube, and it's got George Reeves, the real guy, practicing falls. He's wearing uh, an old karate gi with a white belt, you know? Um, Karen, you, you know the picture I'm talking about? No, I don't. No. I'd like to see yeah, it. Yeah, Ben Affleck and... Um, Oh God! Uh, the woman that plays his mother, um, her name is Nancy Olson, and you'll recognize her immediately because she's been in a ton of Jerry Lewis movies. She always plays this quirky older woman. Uh, a terrific actress, rest in peace. Um, but she played George's mother in this film, and Ben Affleck played George Reeves. Uh, the film also stars Adrian Brody, Academy Award winner Adrian Brody, as a newspaper reporter. So oh, if you get a chance to see Hollywood Confidential, uh, please, by all means, do so. It is an amazing movie. Um, so. Your pin to unlock the device. Sorry about that. Oh, somebody, <laughs> some lady was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, trying to, I was trying to power off my darn phone because it keeps going. Uh, that's all, it's all good. Look, this is live. We let it roll. Right. Uh, so Karen, what do you think of uh, uh, my, uh, my hypothesis? No, I, I totally think that the guy was murdered. Um, towards the end, 
I mean, there was just too many things happening. He's got, you know, the executive's mistress who owns his house. And, you know, all of a sudden they doubled his contract and he hated doing it. And then they bring in Lenore. I I don't like Lenore. I, I just don't like the look of her. <laughs> you would be absolutely her, right. All right. <laughs> in any of her pictures, um, I, I read up a little bit about her. And yeah. She, you know, they call her a socialite or whatever. I mean, she was a party yeah. girl, but she also had a little. She was a con her. artist, is what she yeah. was. Yeah, and she she died of alcoholism, so it was yeah. either she liked it a lot or she was a guilty conscience. So, um, I, uh, yeah. I I, I still have to completely. go with my gut. I have to yeah. go with my gut when I look at the pictures. Some of the last pictures of him, mm -hmm. you can see it. I can feel it. In yeah. his spirit, whatever, um, this yeah. guy, I mean, he was going through a, a, a rash of shit and there was no way out. And, you know, yeah. I think he was a former shadow of himself, you know, um, mm -hmm. and he couldn't speak up anymore, man. He just couldn't. Yeah. And maybe and he I did attempt. Maybe and that's really important, Karen, that you said that. It's really, really important that you said that he couldn't speak up anymore. And that's why we do what we do. Part of what I do as a psychic and medium, in addition to providing information for police departments and governments, I take the information spirit gives me and I feel it. And I, I can't explain what I, I feel it. I, just, I, I know it instinctively. I know it intellectually. But right. I feel it here. And I, I let that feeling permeate me. And then I say, okay, walk me through what happened. And I've been, I know George Reeves the last few days like I've never known him. And I got to tell you that I think this guy is, uh, I think he knows who killed him. I mm -hmm. think he wants um, some justice. He does not want retribution. He doesn't, he's not one of these eyes for an eye guys. He wants justice. He wants to be able to rest in peace. That's what he wants. All right. Um, we have a, a a very very disturbing case Thursday. Yeah. And I want to warn people now. You might want to, if you're into the bizarre and the macabre, you're going to love this show. But you might want to warn households that have small children. Keep them away from YouTube and Facebook come thursday night because we are uh we're, we're going to pull the layers of the onion back and heal um, the stomach as well yeah uh, you it's going to be rough yes um we're, we will have a disclaimer every five minutes i will tell you that now um we are right now celebrating another radio station by the way amelia w-o-f-t W-O-F-T. Ask me where that's at. <laughs> Let's see. Pod, Podbean? No. No. <laughs> it's in Florida, you dummy. You live in Florida. It's in Florida. You got my home state. Absolutely. Um, I also want to thank uh, Jimmy Thunder from Down Under, our guy in New Zealand. We are number one, Karen. I don't know if you know this or not. This We're very proud of this. <laughs> We're number one in New Zealand and Australia. Happy awesome. to tell people that. Uh, we are now on a hunt or in uh, 100. Listen to me. We are on 300 
and 14 radio stations globally. We are also on, oh my God, how many podcast platforms? Like Something like 250 right now, 252? Yeah, 250, 251, something, something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. somewhere uh-huh. around there. Yeah, you, um, you but we're, we're, I'm telling you, Karen, I'm like horse shit, kid. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere, man. I am. But let me tell everybody that um, we're going to have a, a couple of really interesting shows. I heard back from the San Francisco Police Department. They have agreed to join us for part two of the Zodiac Killer. We had such a good time with the Zodiac Killer. We're going to do it again. We need like like four shows, five shows just for the Zodiac. I would say at least four more. Yeah. That, you want to talk about carrying a convoluted case. Holy shit. I know of it. I, 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 I like to follow and, and research a lot of these cases. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, Angelo, you were just talking a little while ago about your feeling. And... I got to tell you, I, I was almost in tears right now. Yeah. I, I got a very strong, not so pleasant feeling. <laughs> so right yeah. now. I I can tell you, I did too the other night. I There were two people who were prime suspects in that case. I, I have to shake my head when I think about it. I know. Some police work. And we talked about this. It's amazing. Arthur Lee Allen is the name that does not sit right with me. Yeah. Okay. That name does not sit right with me for a couple of reasons. After he died, they found the Zodiac hood in his garage. Mm-hmm. Okay. After he died, they found notes in his garage that matched the Zodiac handwriting. The only thing they couldn't match was the fucking DNA. And yeah. I can't explain that. And that irks at my spirit like you don't even know. They couldn't match the DNA. And it just is perplexing, which is what I said before, Amelia. There wasn't one. There had to be at least two. There, there was there was speculated that there was multiple, multiple ones. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I say there were at least two. Possibly more. But I, I know at, in my gut, Karen, I know at least two for sure. That had clear connections to each other. And we talked about them on the show the other night. Yes. When you showed me that hoodie, I just went back and I was like, uh, my face just turned whiter Mm -hmm. than I am. I was like. Well, I showed you uh, how Mm -hmm. Arthur Lee Allen Mm -hmm. changed his appearance so drastically. Very drastically. In 10, 11 years, he went from looking one way to looking like a completely different guy. You didn't even recognize it the same person. I could not recognize the same person. The only way you knew was his driver's license. Yes. That's you know? the only way. Because it was the same license number. You know, state of California is not going to risk that for sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, somebody. Oh, okay. Kevin says, I love all these types of topics. You guys, once again, grab my attention. Keep up the fantastic work. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. John Holowiak says, hello, Angela. Hey, John, I'll see you on vacay in Wildwood next year, but I'm going down this weekend, brother. <laughs> um, we're going to say uh, hi, Angela, and Miss Amelia. Oh, they called oh, you no. Miss Amelia. Oh, thank you. You, you get that one. <laughs> and Kevin says, what's up, guys? Not much, Kevin. We're hanging out, brother. Oh, by the way, you guys out there, 
while I got, let me bring Kevin back up here. While we have Kevin over here, Kevin is collecting those uh, pop tops from cans. Okay. Uh, he's endeavoring to help the Ronald McDonald house. All right. And so they take these aluminum pop tops and they cash them in. Um, whatever you got, find Kevin Abreu on Facebook, hook up with him and send him your, your pop tops from your cans, from your, uh, I guess, you know, um, aluminum soda cans. Uh, that's what he's looking for. Um, send them to him. I don't care if it's 10 or a thousand. I mean, someone just sent him, I think the, the 4,000, 5,000 of them. Amelia, did you send yours out yet? I'm getting ready to, I've, I've collected some and I told my friends at work as well. So I've got like 30 to send them. Okay. Terrific. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So listen, uh, Karen, you're going to join us Thursday for the, yes. um, the black Dahlia. Yes. Fabulous. We're going to have a good time. Well, folks, for Karen Rayner, for Amelia Pitbull Johnson, I am the man dog. And we, you know what? You don't get it. I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.